Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Garrison Financial Friday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports. We're right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We're We're glad to have you along for the next hour. Get into some of those uh, the comments that John Rahm made before the RBC. I thought it was awesome. It's getting harder and harder not to like him. Uh, the Devil Rays tie history yesterday by smashing the Red Sox again. See what Jared's got on tap for the weekend. Um, of course, tonight, NBA play-in. Thunder Wolves. We'll break that down, what needs to happen, what has to happen for the Thunder to win. Um, Did you see C.J. McCollum's comments after the Pelicans lost to the Thunder? Felt like those were pointed at somebody. And then who has the most pressure going into these playoffs? Who has the most pressure? What team? What team? Not just player, but team. Has the most pressure to win the NBA title? I added that one, Jared. It wasn't on the radio I saw that. immediately. All right. I, I that hear one. that now. Yeah, I added that one. It's all right. Uh, we'll have Scotty G coming up in the next segment or sometime here. He's uh, finishing up breakfast, so we'll, he'll be over here in just a little bit. And then a weird occurrence in sports for your Rangers. Well, during a Ranger game, I guess. And we'll talk about that. And then what else? What are some of the, mo- the other more improbable? So that's the question on the text line. So what happened was Bobby Witt Jr. was at the plate. He fouls off a pitch down the right field line. It lands in the suite occupied by his dad who catches the the foul ball. So, I mean, the odds of a son hitting a foul ball in a major league ballpark to his dad are pretty rare, I would say. But I've written down a couple things that I think are way more rare. Okay. Way more improbable. And that's the question on the text line for the listeners. What are the most improbable occurrences in sports history? Stuff that you've seen that That has happened. It has happened. You can't just make something up. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, mean, there's a lot of stuff you could just make up. You can't go back to the McDonald's commercials in the mid-90s with MJ and Larry Bird throwing it around the world and making it. Right. That's not going to happen. These things have actually – what have you actually seen happen where you thought, oh, my goodness, that'll never happen again? 225-9698 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698 if you're going to be outside the listening area. A couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app's got it all. It's got radio, the Penny News. Go pick up a free copy of the Penny News at your favorite local newsstand. Big Elk and Paragon TV are in there as well when we're rolling through the high school sports. Skinny on Sports Podcast available everywhere. Anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find the Skinny on Sports 
K-A-D-S-A-M.com is one of those places. iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, and on and on and on is where you can find our show if you missed it entirely. Hello, Jared. How are you this morning? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I want to let that let, let the listeners think about the improbable stuff. So we're going to kind of invert what we've got here. Gotcha. So that the question was, what, are, what is the most improbable thing you've seen happen in sports? That you saw it and you went, well, I'll never see that again. Because uh, I mentioned Bobby Witt Jr. fouling off a ball into the hands of his dad. Scott hit one of the ones that I have written down. Uh, that's a good one. No we'll, doubt. We'll bring that up later. Yes. That, that's a real good one, Scott. Yes, that's one. I, I, I wrote down two, and that was one of uh, one of them. Um, man, did you see Rom's comments? No, no. Bring me up to speed on this. Okay, so uh, he was asked. Obviously, John Rom is the, the reigning or current Masters champ after last week's uh, victory down in Augusta. He went to uh, Harbor Town. To play this week's RBC Heritage, you know, the week after becoming the Masters champ. Mm-hmm. Notably, Rory McElroy did not do such a thing. He withdrew after missing the cut at the Masters. Rom was asked about that. Like, man, did you ever think that did it ever cross your mind not to come after winning at Augusta and, and putting on the green jacket? And he said, absolutely not. It never occurred to me. He said, I made this commitment months ago. And he said, basically, what would it be what what would it be telling the kids? You know, the kids that are going to the RBC Heritage, they want to see the master champ. He said, and if I was a kid going to the RBC Heritage, I would want to see the guy that just won the Masters. And so therefore, yeah. not only did I make that commitment months ago, but also I need to show up because I am the Masters champ. I thought that was so refreshing in this time in golf where it seems like everybody is trying to figure out a way to make the most money with the le- the least amount of effort. And a lot of times the people that get, you know, that ruins is the kids, is the fans. Mm-hmm. John Rahm has it figured out. Well, this is more than just golf. I mean, take notes, superstars in the NBA – <laughs> that's correct i mean you right? know think there are about people who pay money to come see you play think about michael jordan he always talked about that where yep. he didn't want to miss a game because it might be some kid in the stands his only chance to see him play right and that's kind of essentially what Ram was here's the exact quote bravo i made a commitment earlier in the year and i want to honor that commitment i put myself in the shoes of not only the spectators but the kids if i was one of those kids i would want to see the recent masters champion play awesome it, that it, is it's exactly that is right. very awesome yes everybody on the text line is picking the same crazy occurrence in sports i'm racking my brain because that's a good one that 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 was crazy i'm, I'm racking my brain of some other improbable sports moments. there's one more that i think is even more and we're improbable. not talking about upsets right we're no, not talking no, no, about no, no. a 16 seed beating a one no, seed. No, nothing no, no. like we're talking about just like a play or something like whoa yeah. whoa that what are the chances of that? Those analytical stuff like that. He had a 2% chance of catching that football in the end zone. Something like that. Yeah. No, yeah. Stuff's doing everything. I got one in mind. I got one in mind. All right. Scott's joining us now on this Garrison Financial, well, well, Financial well. Friday. There he is. What's up, well, Scotty? Well, well, well. Let's just alter the show for the late guy. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was just listening. I was listening. Do you have one of the – what is the most improbable thing you've ever seen in sports? The most improbable thing. Just like you see, you like that you see it, and you go, "That'll never happen again." Oh God, I'd have to think about that. A lot of people have the same one. Which one is that? Randy Johnson hitting the bird. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Randy that Johnson hitting the bird was one of those things. When you saw it, you went, "We'll never see that again." <laughs> that's that's very true. Okay. Yeah. The money I'll, man. I have to think about that one. The money man is here, and I have compiled. I, I have I have done. Uh-oh. I have done at least like 10 minutes worth of research on Uh-oh. this. Oh, all right. So the main, one of the biggest things in the news of sports right now started yesterday, kind of broke yesterday afternoon, that Daniel Snyder is selling the Washington Redskins slash commanders for $6 billion, with a B, dollars. And it got me to thinking because it, it, feel, it, it felt like <clears> – <throat> When we've heard about these sales over the past decade or so, it's just been like, oh my gosh, they did what? They bought them for what? And they, huh? Yeah. Okay. 
So I found the list of the last 10 franchises to sell in America, North American sports. This would be the 11th. Just from a percentage basis, what do you think is the least percentage, basically return on investment on any of these last 10 cells? For instance, Daniel Snyder's 679%, going yeah. from seven, seven mil, 770 million yeah. to 6 billion. So what do you think is the least? The least would have to be... It would have to be five hundred percent. You're you're pretty yeah. close. It's just a tick, three hundred and sixty five percent, and that was the L.A. Dodgers, okay. who uh, Frank McCourt bought in two thousand and four for for uh, four hundred thirty million, and then sold in I think twenty twelve is when Magic and those guys bought that the Guggenheim Group for two billion, three hundred and sixty five percent. So I would, I mean, they're, they're, the numbers are staggering. Now, how long did he own it? Eight years. Wow, eight that's, years. That's a pretty good return of an on investment. Now there, there's <laughs> some there's some of these that are, you know, even, you know, the the longer you've owned them, obviously, the larger the yeah. larger. Except well, you know what, uh, uh, Mikhail Prokhorov bought the the Brooklyn Nets in 2010 for 223 million, and he sold them in 2018 for 235. So he made almost a thousand percent in his eight years. Robert Sarver made almost a thousand percent in about ten years of owning the Suns, from four hundred one to four billion. Do you got? <clears throat> do either of you two have a guess as far as this last ten list? Who made the most return on their investment when they sold their franchise? It was probably I, the most. I, can't, I will say this I'm outside with this stuff. outside of Dan Snyder, this one was probably the most um, controversial. Of the owners that have sold so, so lately, it would have to be the uh, Kings, not the Kings. Um, what's the guy that had to sell because he's yeah? You're on the right track. Oh, uh, the Clippers. The Clippers, yeah. yeah. yeah the Donald Clippers. Donald yeah. Sterling. Yeah. So Donald Sterling bought the Clip Show in 1981. Oh wow! For twelve million dollars. Twelve million, and he sold them for two billion. He was forced to sell for two billion. Forced. He was forced to make a sixteen thousand five hundred and sixty-seven percent return on his Clipper investment. Holy okay, smoke. I guess I'll sell. So, all right. Is it is it is it safe to say that buying of sports franchises is the most locked down for sure investment you, know, you can make. I'm not supposed to give investment <laughs> advice on the air, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, folks, if you have a couple billion dollars laying around, it would not. It, it would be a wise choice to to buy a professional sports franchise. I hope I don't get in any trouble for that. <laughs> Hopefully, the SEC won't come down. On me now, for, would there would there be just is is there any sort in your mind just like a, a little bit of a a pause thinking this can't continue to go up like is do you think there's any sort of bubble aspect to this but I don't it, know I don't can yeah it, it, you know that's that's it's funny because what I was going to talk about today um I was just a buddy of mine that I was just having breakfast with um I didn't know about these websites that have these bots that automatically buy shoes. Did you guys know about this no. stuff? Yep. I knew he'd know because <laughs> he was wearing those Steeler shoes. That's last right. Week. <laughs> uh, that's, they're always going to be the Steeler shoes. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so, so like Nike is just about to have a new release. Okay, and if you, he told me that that if you don't have your information into their website and saved like a month in advance, you have zero chance of buying those because these bots go in and buy all of them. Then they just immediately mark it up and put it on a new website. Really? So it's almost like a, a ticket thing. So like he showed me one is a $110 pair of shoes from Nike, and it was selling on this other website for $937. Holy I Moses. I believe it. I believe it. And that's you'll a, never get them on at retail it, ever. Yeah, and that's a five-time 
rate yeah. of return. That's 5x rate of return, and that's in hours, not... Yeah, and you don't that's know. just however long it takes them to ship it to you, and you turn around and sell it. And he said that some high school kid was one of the first ones that did this, said he's making millions now. Yeah. Wow. I know. How come I couldn't come up with it? I know. I was too busy fishing and... <laughs> Talking to girls, hot chicks, you know. I well, so this guy's talking to hot chicks now. I can guarantee time. you that. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> yeah, that kid is talking to hot chicks yeah. now. Yeah, it turns oh, out yeah. he got the best of both worlds. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, it shows you how out of touch I am with the. Like I always knew about the sneakerhead right. thing that's going on, but I didn't know it was at this level. You know, Sam Sam would be like, Oh yeah, Dad, those tennis shoes right there cost a thousand bucks. And I was like, There's no way some idiot would pay a thousand apparently there's a lot of idiots. Wow. I guess there's Yeah, a I'm lot not of paying idiots. that much, but I've I've haven't I turned you on that one website where it's, it's similar to this. I'm not sure if it's like a bot thing, but you can they, they find these shoes and no you're not paying retail, but they can find you a deal if you look hard enough. Yeah. I'll have to show you this. Yeah. But yeah. I'm but all for deals. That's, me too. I mean, guy. I like my shoes, but I'm not paying that much money for no. them. No, no way. No. And if I can, if I can go to a local retail store, which I have lately, kudos. I won't say their name because they're not sponsors. They should be, but <laughs> they're finally putting that, bringing out their merch from the back and putting it up front. I guess it's new management or whatever. And suddenly they're having shoes that you would have to go to the city for to get, and and it's at retail. There you go. So. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I've heard of this this yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, but, it's just like Ticketmaster. You know, you're, yeah. if tickets release on 10 a.m. on Friday, yeah. Taylor Swift or who, but this is like about it. you're not but, getting them. But this one that I was looking at, it's got like everything too, and like they had a Coachella T-shirt on there. Yeah, and it, it said "Make Offer." <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if 10 years ago you bought a T-shirt at a concert? And then now you can and sell it for a thousand dollars. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. But and I mean, did it? Did it not? Because I was thinking about this because you were talking about him as I pulled up. I mean, the sneaker thing literally started with Jordan, right? There's a movie about it. There's right? a yeah, movie out. I need so to that's see. why yeah. I was going to talk about this. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, like. I think the entire league wore Converse before. Yeah, that's what I was. You know, you, Nike you know, was just a track and field thing. No one, yeah, took him really seriously in the basketball world until Michael Jordan came along. Yeah, it, it wasn't a thing. I mean, it th- there was Converse with like Larry and 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 Magic, but it Nike and Jordan was the first to really put it front and center yep. to pay attention to what was on somebody's feet when they played basketball. I remember Shaq came out with the pump. Yes, that was big time. Yeah, was it was it D Brown of the Celtics that that would pump up his shoes in the dunk contest before he dunked the That's one time, right, yeah. and then he he put his hand over his eyes like he couldn't see, and he won because he pumped up his shoes. Yeah, but it, it all started there. Yeah, yeah. With, with Michael and uh, what what was uh, Spike Mars Mars Blackman? Yeah, on the commercials, it's got to be the shoes. It's got to yep. be the shoes. Mike. That's right. Yeah, money, money. It's got to be the shoes. <laughs> I mean, just that that all seems like. To kids now, uh, you know, my son, oh, yeah, I want the Stephs or the whatever. You know, now all of a sudden there's all these people. Mm-hmm. But back then it was just, you, there was one. It was, it was just one. going to get the Jordans yeah. or you got to get just a tennis shoe. Yeah. You know, now I got the tennis shoe. I, did, but I got one time for, for uh, Christmas, I got the Jordans. Man. I'll do, and they were the best ones, like the third or fourth. They, it was. The, Widely recognized as the the coolest ones that there were is I think it was the ones he wore for the first title against the yeah. uh, Lakers. The third day I had them, I would have ripped a hole in the side of them or something. Well, that's, that's just who I am. I didn't wear them much. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. I didn't just warm to the just warm to the junior high dance. Is or, that you? Yeah, maybe to the you know like sixth grade basketball or practice on the carpet at Northeast or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Uh-huh. All right, so. Tax day, the date is tomorrow, but it turns out it doesn't really happen until Tuesday because 
the weekend, and then Monday. Do you know what Monday yeah, is? Yeah, but I, I ain't going to get an account open for you. That's You're not. Yeah, but if you're like me and you file an extension every single year like I do, then, yeah, come down and talk to me. But uh, also, you know, there's there's a lot of people that, that uh, are seeing everything going on in the news, and, and it has a lot of people worried, and, and, you know, maybe it's time to start talking about some different alternatives that you have as far as investments go that, that can help protect – some of those gains that you've made over the last several years. So if you have any questions about that stuff, come down. Let's let's take a look at what you got. Let's take a look at at making sure that we can protect your income for years to come. You know, something that I'm just starting to hear with commercials because of obviously what's happening is gold. Buying gold. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's amazing how when you start, when the news starts to kind of turn bad, economically yeah you start to hear these commercials about oh, come yeah. buy gold come buy gold oh, yeah. gold wire or gold line or whatever. Yeah. it's amazing how again, i'm not supposed to give investment <laughs> advice on the air uh i'll just say this youtube what uh uh warren buffett has to say about gold okay. th- there you go uh, that way it won't be my advice that'll It'll be, be warren buffett's advice uh, yeah. to the folks <laughs> by the way anybody anybody want to either one of you guys do you remember what the thunder sold for no. Or was purchased for by Clay Bennett? I remember it. I remember how big of a deal it was. They paid $350 million in 2006. Want a shot at the estimated value of the Thunder right now? Oh, gosh. What is it? $1.5. $1.75 billion. And when you hmm. look back at the history of these cells in the, in the last 10, whatever the estimated value was at the time, you could add... Anywhere from a quarter to a half a billion to what the sales price was. So you're looking at two to two point two five billion if they were to actually sell it right now. Right now it's only a four hundred percent gain. That's all. If they sold it for estimated value. And I so remind me how did they get it moved to Oklahoma City? Okay. I don't remember I remember how crazy seattle refused to build a new that's what happened okay that's what happened they they bought it from uh what's his name howard schultz who was the the starbucks Starbucks guy guy. yeah they bought it from him and the the sale was almost contingent upon as far as staying there because they had an older arena or what didn't have the modern amenities and the voters of seattle before schultz sold it turned down a proposal to add 220 million to build a new arena so then that's when bennett and that that group saw the opportunity seized on it made the purchase and then they in turn wanted a guarantee of a 500 million dollar facility or they got or they got to move the team and when that didn't happen when that didn't come through by a certain time voila they, yeah. Ford Center, here we come, there baby. We and meanwhile, if, if memory serves me right, Oklahoma City had passed something to improve Ford, the Ford Well, we Center. were right in the middle of all of the, the maps and the all maps that. Right, and they yeah. said, let's, uh, let's put this on the vote. Yeah, think about Maps 5 came about that quick. It, yeah. yeah. When, when, when you <laughs> kind of see the writing on the wall. And Oklahoma Cityans said, yes, yeah. let's improve our venue and as we've already talked in the past about it, I mean that that building has made Oklahoma City a ton of money. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. and a ton of money. And when you look at it, got a lot of shocking, my money the other weekend. Oh boy! Shockingly <laughs> enough, when you look around, it's like the second oldest one there is. Yeah, and it feels like it doesn't it, feel like no, that. it but doesn't. The, but kudos to the city for content, well, not letting it just sit there. Just they're adding on to it. They've changed where the main entrance is. If you think mm-hmm. about it, it's more to the uh, south, where it's closer to the Omni. But you can get in on either side, Reno side. But there's a lot. Of, I mean, I was just in there recently. It's really cool. Well, they've yeah. they've continued. I mean, they've they've continued to pour money into it. But I'm telling you, but they're, it won't, it, it, they're, they're already, already talking, talking about, about it. Yeah. We talked about it a couple a month ago or whatever. Already, uh, what's the plan? Yeah. And and you know what you know what happens when that occurs. That one point, they're they're at one point seven five yeah, billion. Yeah. with that arena. Now they just got a five hundred million dollar <laughs> yes, increase or a billion dollar increase. Thanks to the city doing it. That's correct. Man, wouldn't that be great to have a business and have other people pay for you to run it? 
One million percent. Isn't that the goal in life? <laughs> All right. Guys. All right, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Uh, have a good weekend. Don't run yeah. off. I got a Uh-oh. question. I got an off air question for you. Uh oh. Okay. So the, let's get off air. The important ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's Garrison Financial Friday. Scott in the house. Scott at SoonerWealth.com. 124 North Main Street is where his office is located. For all your full financial planning, this is a perfect time to do that. You're getting your tax return. Don't go wasted on a boat. Invest. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. It's Garrison Financial Friday right here on the Skinny on Sports. 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Always great when Scott joins us uh, on a Friday. Garrison Financial. Scott Garrison, he's been in in this community basically, I mean, his entire life. He's been here. Um, Cut hair. Now he's taking care and, and growing people's money. He does full financial planning. Shops the open market. To bring the best value on your life insurance and your investments, there's many more things he does. We'll continue to tell him, tell you all about Scott as we move along throughout the show. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is the email address. 124 North Main Street is his office location, downtown Elk City. We've got some uh, some answers to the question. The question at hand was, what are the more what are the most improbable occurrences? That have happened in sports. Everybody jumped on one that I had written down, which was Randy Johnson throwing a baseball through a bird in the uh, spring training game. Not going to see that one again. Uh, there was a bunch of people that had that one at the top of their list. Uh, another one that's like actually in the game, Fernando Tatis hitting two grand slams in one inning. Yeah, that one's rare. That one's going to be up on the toward the top of the rarity list for sure. Continue to fire those in. Two two five nine six nine eight. I have one written down that I think is even more rare than anything that's been mentioned yet. Even more rare than Randy Johnson killing a bird with a baseball. That's, that's pretty rare. I, I mean, I'm telling you, when when you even if you try, you're not going to hit the bird with a baseball if you're trying to. When, when I tell you this one, you'll go flying. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was odd. I'm suddenly piling up a few here, so I'm I'm kind of anxious to get to this. Okay. Uh, we'll do that you in the last to... segment. We'll do it that way. It gets everybody a chance to think about it. Text us in two two five nine six nine eight. Tell us about what do you think is the most rare occurrence in sports tonight? Something that hasn't been rare around these parts, and I don't think it's going to be very rare anymore. The Thunder in the play-in beat New Orleans um, on Wednesday night, one twenty-three, one eighteen. Now they get a chance to actually make it into a series as the eight seed with a game tonight in Minneapolis against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Wolves had the Lakers on the ropes on Tuesday night, and uh, L.A. wriggled off the hook, ends up winning in overtime. What has to happen tonight uh, for the Thunder to not only uh, be be a play-in team, but in turn actually be a play-off team if they can win uh, tonight in Minnesota? Well, well, just maintain the course here. You know, of what they did on New Orleans, or at New Orleans on Wednesday, you know, with the confidence and everything we've talked about, in that environment, it's going to happen again. You know, they're they're no stranger to these close games, hostile environments, win or go home now situations. So just maintain the course. Don't panic when Minnesota comes out and they go up six to two at the, at the first TV timeout or whatever. And I think they should be okay for reasons we'll talk about coming up. Once again, just as it was with New Orleans, uh, Minnesota beat the Thunder three out of four. 
But the difference here is those games all occurred before the calendar turned to 2023. I think the last game was what December. Like the, the, a whole new season. It, it, there's a lot. I mean, obviously differences uh, between the two. Let me go back here. I think it was De- uh, da, 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 da. December sixteenth. It's crazy that they played four times before that, but they started right off the bat. Two of the first three games were against each other, and then uh, the last game, yeah, De- December third was a win for the Thunder, the only win, and then December sixteenth was the final game. Uh, between these two combatants. So once again, just as the Pelicans had done, winning three out of four against Oklahoma City, that's exactly what uh, the, uh, the the Timberwolves did against OKC. Uh, once again, fairly close games, you know, 115-108, 116-106. Thunder won by seven, and then the, well, the Wolves won the last game by two in Oklahoma City, 112-110. to I think, you know... I, I talked about how Shea kind of, in my mind, needed to to let the game come to him mm-hmm. on Wednesday. A big part of why I thought that was because of the matchup with Herb Jones, uh, as good a defender as he is for New Orleans. New Orleans had kind of had not, not had Shea's number, but they had made him be way less efficient than what we're used to seeing. That ain't the case in this one. Shea has lit Minnesota on fire with uh, 30-point games shooting right around or above 50% in all of those games. And the difference is I don't know that Minnesota has anybody that can guard him. Do you want to put Anthony Edwards on him and then risk Edwards' ability to score now? You know, he's coming off an abysmal shooting night against the Lakers, 3 of 17, missed all nine threes. So you would imagine he has some sort of bounce back positively for Minnesota on the offensive end but man tonight I'm a little bit opposite I think that this needs to be Shea being Shea from the beginning that doesn't mean he needs to take 30 shots but I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive in this game in this game especially early on I don't think you can see him roll into halftime with six points like he did on Wednesday night and the Thunder be in touch with the Timberwolves well, I have that written down as he needs to get going early. You can't really rely on um, on Dort to do what he did because I, I, I don't want to say an anomaly. He's a good player, but we've said it too. We can't have Dort going out there just jacking up shots, but he did on Wednesday and they all went in and that kind of stayed the the, the first know, half kept, for sure. Kept yeah. him right there until SGA became came alive in the third. If that happens again, if SGA takes the until the third quarter for him to come alive, I don't you just can't bank on the on on Dort to carry you, you know, like he did. Like he filled the void that SGA uh, uh, usually has in the first, or usually is taken care of in the first half. So yeah, SGA has to get going early for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, this is a, it's a different matchup. It's a different tone to this game. Here's a question: it, I, Have we seen Gobert is playing? Have we seen that? Uh, I, I thought he's I off saw his suspension that. Yeah. and. I'm looking at the injury report right now. Let me scroll down to Minnesota. He is listed as day to day. So is so is Towns. I mean, come on, they're playing. They're playing. They're playing. Out is McDaniel's and Reed. Yeah, they I think actually got a third person. Uh, no, uh, Noel, Jalen Noel. They've actually got Cat the, as doubtful. Well, as of yesterday on the injury report, it says day to day. Oh, listen, I'm looking at an old. No, I'm not. This, this is one. per ESPN. Okay, as yeah, I'm on April ESPN 13th, right now. It says maybe I've been upgraded. This has got it has my, my, the one I'm listen, looking at says Poku out. Yes, on April 13th, Jaden Jaden McDaniel's out on the 10th, and then the 13th doubtful for Cat, Jalen Noel, and Rudy Gobert. Listen, if they don't go, then this should be a, a well. Big, this should I mean come on. Thunder. Point is, they're going to go. They're going to play. They're going to play. And so, how in the world does Oklahoma City combat? Go Bear is one thing, but Carl Anthony Towns is a monster. And and here's a little secret: if you if you didn't pay attention over the past, well, his whole career, Carl Anthony Towns has destroyed the Thunder in his career. Stephen Adams, I mean, he would roast Stephen Adams every time they played. 
this this matchup just looks like the absolute worst one you could possibly pick for Oklahoma City because of the lack of defensive presence inside at the rim. I mean, I I, I just can't see Carl Anthony Towns not getting 30. I, I just mm-hmm. don't see how he doesn't get 30. So at that point, Jared, to me, is this one of those situations where you go, okay, Towns is getting his. We got to make sure nobody else gets there. Well, that's what I wrote down was play better around them, uh, Towns and Gobert. Play better around them. Play better off ball. You know, force those two to beat you. Basically, put the burden on them, if you will, and let everyone else. You know, try to. Does that make sense? Sure it does. Uh, you got to play better around them. My question is, who's going to guard Towns? We could put put Dort on him. No, who are you going to who are you going to put on him? How do you defend him? And I, you don't. Kind of what you said is really no defense of him. Let him get his. I mean, just don't not guard him. But you know what I mean. But I wrote down, you just play better around him. Everyone else, you know, try to make the rest of the Timberwolves beat you. I mean, as as hard and as fun as Arkansas Williams, he plays hard. I think you might actually see Sar tonight. I think you're going to have to see Sar tonight. You have to. Or, I mean, in the matchup against New Orleans, Oklahoma City played 48 minutes without a center. They played five out the entire night. And it worked to their advantage in a lot of ways because Willie Green was dumb enough to take Valanchunas off the floor. That ain't happening tonight. It doesn't matter what lineup you throw out there. Towns and Gobert are going to play without any shadow of a doubt. So, mm-hmm. man, it's just it's just hard to see it. it. the The way that it happens. I mean, if you could get one of those or both in foul trouble, I don't know how you're going to do it. But if you could, that would be nice. But the way that I can see the Thunder winning this is kind of one is one pronged, and that is make a boatload of threes. I mean a boatload, and so in Isaiah Joe, if he can if he can have one of those six for nines, the two Jalen Williams went one for twelve against New Orleans. You'd like to think that's going to be better, but at the same time, you had what three of seven and four of eight from from Giddy and, and Dort. So what's that seven out of fifteen? That probably not going to happen to that level, but if they can, I, I just think that's the way it has to happen. You got to make a boatload of threes, then maybe that draws the defense a little bit. Next thing you know, you got Shea slithering around at the rim, scoring a bunch of points that way. Um, it, it it almost as as much as it feels like Oklahoma City can't guard Minnesota. If OKC can make some shots from the outside, maybe Minnesota can't guard them either. And so you're looking to win an absolute shootout here. I think is the only way that Oklahoma City can win this game. If you get into one of those uglier 98, 95, or you know, 104 to 100 or whatevers, it just doesn't feel like OKC can win a game like that to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I'm getting some texts on crazy occurrences in sports. I was <laughs> trying to figure out what that one was. I didn't recognize that name. Um, <clears throat> did you see McCollum's comments? C.J. McCollum. Yes, I did. You got it in front of you? Do you have the quote? I was I was wanting to actually quote it. I mean, I could summarize what he said. Uh, well, I had it, and um, come on. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. He said... Where you at? Okay, you ready for it? Yeah. We've got to be available. We've got to do what we need to do off the court in terms of preparation, in terms of getting treatment, in terms of getting the right sleep, the right type of hydration, having the right type of diet. I will see Jamie McCollum after losing on Wednesday. Do you feel I, like that was a shot at anybody in particular? Absolutely. Absolutely a shot at Zion. It's got to be a shot at Zion, right? Yes. How frustrated must it be to not only just be a Pelicans player, a fan, the front office, all of it? Because, man, when they had Zion and, and when he played for the first couple of months, like I said, what were they, 23 and 11? They were just a game out of first place in the West, and it turns into that. And then when you hear, I mean, it almost seemed like Health-wise, he could play, 
But then he says, well, I don't feel like Zion. I don't feel like myself. What does that mean? It screams lazy to me. I'm putting it bluntly here. It just screams lazy. Is this – is it laziness or is it more of the Ben Simmons slash Kyrie Irving don't really want to play basketball anyways? Which – I mean, was it a passion, lack of passion, lack of love for the game, laziness is a little bit of everything coupled into one? I don't know. Was it just too easy because well, he was so bigger and more athletic than everybody and now that it's – I mean, but hell, when he plays, it looks pretty easy. Yeah. You know, that I just it's one of those weird things. And, and a lot of people want to compare it to, you know, he's missed less games than what, uh, than what Embiid missed the first three years or what have you. But you never really got the sense that Embiid didn't want to play basketball. No, he was he, just hurt. He, he was just hurt. This, I mean, who, unless he, maybe he did. Maybe maybe the, they're just not telling us the whole story. But So maybe he really did just completely shred his hamstring and have to get it rebuilt, and the team's not doing him any favors by not – letting everybody know exactly what that the extent of that injury was maybe that's maybe that's true wouldn't that deflect a lot of the blame though yeah. if the, the team just came out and said this is exactly what happened to him you know we're not here screaming that, i mean it would help if the thunder had tanked this year and like man really chet that injury kept you out all year come on but you know, i mean credit, i got credit. mad at my fantasy football team when keenan allen would would, would hurt his hamstring and he didn't play to week 10 yeah i mean this is the worst hamstring injury since that one i mean brian robinson got shot literally in the preseason and played before keenan allen did like no kidding literally got shot with a gun <laughs> and still play and zion's in that same boat right now it, it just it almost doesn't feel like he ah, like it like he really wants to be out there and so then he wasn't. That's a huge problem for the Pelicans because they uh, he signed that extension last summer, and so they're on the hook for a whole bunch of money here. And then how untradeable does he does he become untradeable? Because no one can trust that he'll be out there. Well, I think the real concern, another concern, is this is C.J. McCollum's a guy they brought in. Uh, he just signed a two year deal with them, so he's with them. Well, that's never in concrete, but it's not so much trading him; it's attracting talent to come in. Right. Like I don't want to play with this guy. He's not going to play. Or, or I'm not going to even play with this guy. Why yeah. you want you're, you're calling yourself a super team, a big three or four, or whatever? No, you're not. He's not not even on the court. I think he's lazy. I, I'm. I've after all this and seeing and McCollum's obviously frustrated. And I think he might be speaking for a lot of the locker room with that comment. And he and he did it in such a way. He was it, nice. He about was it. nice about <laughs> he it. He really was, was calm about it. He wasn't over the top or anything. And I just think and we'll see. But I think maybe, you know, I wrote down he gets fatter. I think Zion just is lazy. I don't think he, it doesn't light a fire. He's like, I'm Zion. This whole franchise, they drafted me to build around me. What are they going to do? I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong when I make this, these assessments about people. Prove me wrong. But I don't see any change. And I think the, what's really scary if you're a New Orleans fan is not so much about Zion. It's about Who's going to say, I want out. I don't want to be here because I, this guy is is bringing me down. I only have the next amount of time left in my career. So I want to go somewhere where they're going to win, where they want to win, where they want to play. And then other people are going to go, okay, well, I don't want to be there. Yeah, I'm not signing that deal, any free agents or anybody that might. Which is a hard place to get someone to go to anyway right? in New Orleans. I mean, we've seen that here. New Orleans isn't great shakes ahead of what Oklahoma City is. And the one draw you had was to play with Zion. Yeah. And then if he's not going to play, yeah, that craters your franchise pretty easily. All right, I'm going to ask you uh, one last question on the NBA, then we'll take a break and we'll get to all these crazy occurrences in sports. Okay. Who has the most pressure to win the NBA title? What team or teams have the most pressure to win? Oh, wow. I would – I mean, you got your favorites, and I don't think – I don't want it. that seems like the obvious answer. You got your number one seeds and okay, you're one seed, you you are expected to win. It just seems too easy of an answer. I think maybe the Lakers because they they reconfigured their roster at the trade deadline. 
by moving Russ and bringing some pieces in. And it looks like that kind of shored up some problems and they're playing some good basketball. And there's, oh, it's the Lake Show in the playoffs. They won against Minnesota. And Anthony Davis and LeBron are looking good. They're good players. As soon as Memphis maybe beats them, I mean, I have them in the finals, in the Western Conference finals. But as soon as whenever they get bounced from the playoffs, you know how the L.A. market is. They're going to shred them apart. So I think there might be some pressure there, a lot of pressure there. Kind of an offshoot answer there, but how about you? I had them like 3C. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, LeBron getting older. and They're, they're both on the same kind of contract year-wise. Mm-hmm. They're back next year with the player option the year after. But really, I can answer that anytime any season there's always pressure in the in the la well, the, when you're the, the one, lakers when you're wearing that uniform they expect championships the one thing about the lakers is they can they've shown the ability throughout their their organizational history to make things happen that others can't because it's la because it's the lakers now, and now listen i'm not sound, sitting here saying it's going to be tough not to if they happen to lose lebron and anthony davis at the same time yeah that's going to make them go down pretty far but eventually they're going to come back you know they will right it, it, it'll happen uh, for me, I've got Denver, and it's not it, top seed does matter, but it's also, man, they have been terrible. In the, they have not performed in the playoffs outside of the bubble with this group, and so was that more the bubble? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is that just the, the bubble is why they were good, and not necessarily because they're great? So I've got I've got Denver, and yes, they have Jokic locked up. He signed a five year extension. I mean, next year he's at 46.9, then 50.6, then 54.4, then 58.1. And then in 28, he's got a 61.9 player option. Those are millions, by the way, if you're not following. <laughs> Does he get restless? Doesn't seem like it. He doesn't seem like the rest of these guys, but, you know, I've got him. Number two, I've got Boston. They were in the finals last year, but then. You know, the Jalen Brown stuff, it, it almost feels like this is it. Like he's going to be asking out. Because he, he every time it's a trade deadline, every time it's the draft, you try to figure out how can we get player X to Boston to play with Jason Tatum. The guy that's always in that mix of going out is Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. So is this the last Brown-Tatum group chance to win it? And I think that puts pressure. And then I've got Phoenix. With Chris Paul, older, lots of pressure on him to finally get it done. Yeah. To me, they feel like the favorite. They'd yeah. be three, yeah. and then I've got three C's. Like three B, I've got the Clippers, because you never know what's going to happen with Kawhi. Right. You just don't ever know what what's going to happen, and those guys are next year, and then player options for the year after that, both Kawhi and, and uh, Paul George got the rust factor you know something we really hadn't talked about and maybe this just goes to show how maybe overblown that was or but there was a lot of motion at the time we haven't even talked about the fact that russ is going to play kd in a series yeah i you know (laughs) people tried to create that um that that rivalry they tried to re re-spark it i guess someone asked him about any animosity towards KD and he deflected it pretty well. He said, "No, nah, no beef, nah, nah. no beef." Like you know, all the reporters probably went, "Oh man, I really wanted to get a juicy answer there so I could tweet it." Yeah, Russ, a little bit mature on that answer. That'd have been great if he'd have just said, "Yeah, man, yeah, he left us no KC." <laughs> did you did you listen yeah. to, to to the total dominance hour? I guess Dean got into a DMing war with KD. No way. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, KD, stay off the phone, man. <laughs> stay off your socials or whatever. Dude. Yeah. Dude is so soft. He's proving everybody's point when he responds to stuff like that. All right, here we go. I've got some answers. The most improbable occurrences in sports. We'll come back, talk about them to wrap up the week on the Garrison Financial Friday here on the Skinny on Sports. 
Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. All right, welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping up the week here on a Garrison Financial Friday. Hey, do you like to kind of to dabble in, uh, with the markets and manage your stuff, but you're just not sure you'd love to do it, but you don't know how to get started? Scott can do that for you. He can, he can charge you hourly, set you up a plan that then you – can in turn manage from there or he can just manage your stuff all the way you know either way um he loves to work with accountants perfect time of year to to highlight that working with the account with with your accountant streamlining all your ramifications tax wise uh, whatever tax returns you got to fight you have to file he can do all of that for you scott at soonerwealth.com 124 north main street in elk city that's garrison financial scott garrison it's in here earlier hanging out with us on a Friday. Okay, Jared. This popped in my mind because a couple of nights ago, down in Arlington, Bobby Witt Jr. was at the plate. He fouls off a pitch down the right field line, and it ends that, that foul ball ends up in the hands of his dad, Bobby Witt Sr., in the suite that he was in there at Globe Life. I mean, that's just the odds of that happening aren't very good. And it got me to thinking, okay, what are some other instances that were just so improbable that you went, we'll never see that again? A common theme on the text line, and you can still text us, 225-9698, a common theme was Randy Johnson hitting the bird with the pitch in spring training. Yeah. Just absolutely disintegrating a bird with a 100-mile-an-hour left-handed fastball. Yeah, you're never seeing that again. That was a very, very common one at the, that everybody has done. This one popped in my head if you want to – Scott, just text us. If you want to just talk about plays in sports, the Immaculate Reception is absolutely one of those where you went, never see that again. Right. Turns out, I believe, is an illegal play. But Debatable. People would look at a camera angle and oh, touch the ground. The Immaculate Non-Reception. <laughs> <laughs> and it's waiting on my phone to buzz. Yeah, anyway, so there was that. Uh, Tyrell had uh, uh, Fernando Tatis with back with, with two grand slams in yep, one inning. That's crazy. Also in the in the Cardinals organization in Double A. Let me get this guy's name because this the, yeah this probably won't happen either. Chandler Redman had a home run cycle, meaning a solo shot, a two run shot, a three run shot, and a grand slam. Yeah, that's some. Improbable. That one's that one's pretty improbable. What did you kind of come well, up? Well, I with? want to give credit to Tommy here. Sergio climbing a tree to hit his golf ball. Yeah, Tommy Easter. Thank you, yeah, Tommy. Yeah. Um, I had. Uh, let me bring. I wrote them down. Well, you'll never see a fifth down in college football again. I'm kind of. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> was, you know, with replay and in. Especially one, especially one that leads you to a national title, right? As it did Colorado. Yeah, and wasn't it also Colorado? Uh, you talk about controversial catches. Was it against Nebraska or it hit like a foot? It was against Mizzou. Mizzou. It was in Nebraska. Yeah, Matt Davidson. It was, hit the foot. Nebraska. And they caught it. Yeah, Nebraska. What was that ninety-seven? Scott Frost threw it in there at Mizzou. In the in it. Yeah, it's a, you know supposedly it's illegal to kick it up. It didn't look like he really did that. It just, just kind of happened. Yeah, and he caught, he caught it. it. Yeah. That that was crazy. That catch uh, uh, was it Alabama. The guy caught it behind his the defender's back. I mean, just some crazy. I, th- I think about probability. Oh, yeah. Ty- Tyrone Prothrow. Yeah, 
think about probabilities of actually making catches and stuff like that. That stands out. How about this one? Um, it's your last – you're a professional athlete, a professional athlete, and it's your last game of your career, and you hit 60. 60 points in NBA. Kobe. Kobe's last game. I think we'll ever see a guy – go out like that and hit 60 points what are the chances of that ever was it ted williams and homered on his last at bat i think you're right didn't doff his cap to the crowd because he hated him (laughs) i think you're right and then you got then he gets frozen cryogenically (laughs) that's pretty improbable there's there's uh, another one uh there's one i just thought of those are the one really i've got my the one that i think is the most improbable of everything we just said comes from golf but i just thought of another one I know this has happened before, but Brian Harmon, a few years ago, made two holes in one in the same round mm. on the PGA Tour. Yeah. But that's not even the most improbable one I have from golf. What do you got? Do you remember a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, they were, they were over, was it Scotland? It wasn't the British Open. I think it was like the Scottish Open right before. And Will Zalatoris is off the green, and he chips it, and it rolls past the pin, and it comes to rest on Matthew Fitzpatrick's coin. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember that. That was good. That ain't ever – you said earlier, and I almost blurted, it, blurted this one out, but when he said, like, oh, you could try to hit a bird with the ball. You could, you could try to chip your ball onto somebody's coin for the rest of your life. And it would never stay on there, ever. No. What was the ruling on that? Actually, what was? I, can't, I, they, I don't remember I think the ruling he, on that. One of them had to putt first. I mean, they were exactly, they right the, obviously, the, exactly the same. Actually, Zalatoris probably had to putt first. You know why? Because in the coin, the ball is out. You know, Fitzpatrick's ball was actually a little bit in front of where the middle of that coin would rest. Right. Mm-hmm. So he'd have to move it or whatever. But the fact that that, I mean, that is. So, so improbable. Yeah, that's not. You, you, that's the thing you you won't see. It's such an Ever anomaly. Yeah. Oh, it's such an anomaly. But that I mean, you, you know, you know how I knew it was a big deal because you remember what happened as soon as it as soon as the ball stopped and everybody realized, holy crap, that stayed on. You remember what happened? Huh. They all went to their golf bags and started snapping pictures oh. of it, and putting it on like Instagram. <laughs> like, look at this. <laughs> look what just happened in our <laughs> in our round of golf. You're better. You, you, the chances are. More likely of hitting a hole in one than doing what he did. Oh, one million right? percent. One million <laughs> about percent. People pulling out their cameras and stuff. That's when you do it on the golf course. Hey, look at my hole in one. You hold up the one. Yeah, that everyone's pulling out their camera for that. Yeah, like <laughs> didn't even know it was, but like it never even occurred to anybody that that was, that was possible. Even, happen. even yeah. though it can happen on every single hole, and it's something everyone, all around the world. Everyone's going to see it. Like, hey, look, he's chipping. You think he's going to get on that marker again? <laughs> <laughs> It was just that was. Hey, remember when you did that? He's probably sick of hearing about it. Yeah, I mean, listen. Ever since it happened, he hurt his back, and now he just had back surgery. Wow. Maybe it's because people were patting him on it for for hitting that <laughs> shot. But anyhow, that was one of those things that's just like, uh, uh-uh. you ain't never seeing that one again. Nah. Ever, ever, ever. So that was some of the ones came up with everybody. But you're, I mean, the Randy Johnson one. Those were the two that immediately popped in my mind when I saw the Bobby Witt thing was. Golly, what else could be? What else was just crazy? And those were the two. And everybody, I mean, one, two, three, four, six people, two on my phone, four on the text line, immediately said, Randy Johnson hitting the bird. Randy Johnson hitting the bird. (laughs) Yeah. We did have a text earlier. Are you, uh, do you think that, do you think the Redskins fans or the Commanders fans feels like they're probably pretty fired up? Right now, I think the whole sports world is that to not have Dan Snyder as the. But the yeah, owner. if you're a Washington fan, you're you're pretty happy about it because you can you can see a change of leadership does wonders. It yeah. can, it it can, it you know depends, but you know see how proactive they can be as far as on field product is concerned and, and making their moves and everything. So and the one thing you know, one thing you see a lot of times when a new group comes in, they immediately want to spend some money. To make an impact mm-hmm. so that could happen mm-hmm. i mean i realize yeah. there's a salary cap and all that but um there, there's ways to do that um so it um do they go and get lamar yeah sergio hit the ball out of the tree yeah, <laughs> yeah that was on there earlier yeah 
There's been some crazy ones. I could see them getting Lamar. Washington, that is. You talk yeah, about maybe making, making, making an impact. Make a splash at the draft, doing, doing something yeah, like something. that. Back to this list right quick. I know we got to go. So the Seattle Mariners were the, the last team on this list to sell. They sold for $1.4 Do you know who owned them at the time of that sell? No. One of the most culture, one of the biggest cultural icons of our time. Who owned the Mariners? Bought the Mariners in 1992. Is it Nintendo? It was. <laughs> it's exactly who it was. Because I remember watching Mariners games. You always see a like an ad, Nintendo ad behind. That's exactly the batter, who it like was. For whatever game or whatever was coming up, or just Nintendo. Ken Griffey yeah. Jr. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very good, Jared. You have passed the class at least today. Thanks, everybody, for texting in. Uh, Thunder tonight. You can hear him right here. 7 o'clock pregame, 8.30. Scheduled tip for Thunders, fun, uh, Thunder Thank, versus the T-Wolves. Thank goodness it's a Friday night, not like it was <laughs> Wednesday night. That was rough yesterday. That's right. <laughs> 98.1 FM, 12.40 a.m. tonight. Thunder versus Wolves. A win puts them to Denver on Sunday. Everybody have a great weekend. We will be back on Monday at Sarah National with the Skinny on Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.